After months and months of speculation, we finally appear to have some real concrete movement in news when it comes to realignment in the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Colorado, formerly a Big 8 member, then Big 12, then moved to the Pac-12. They're coming back home. They're coming back to the Big 12 reportedly. We'll talk about what it means for the conference, what it means for TCU and everything else next. It's Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Horn Frogs your first listen or first watch of the day. You can find us on YouTube where you can subscribe. We're also available wherever it is you get your podcast. In its audio variety, I want to appreciate your subscriptions there as well. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host, and we have been talking for months on end about the possibility of different schools joining the Big 12. Of course, when Brett Yormark came on as commissioner after Bob Bowlesby exited, uh, the conference had made some decisions with Texas and OU leaving. They decided to add four schools, Cincinnati, Central Florida, BYU, and Houston. Those schools will join up this year, and it looks like in the coming years they will move to the West as Colorado. Don't know all the details yet of when this is all going to go down. Expect an announcement Friday. I am recording this on Thursday afternoon. So first I'll let you know what the situation is. Reportedly, Colorado is on its way to the Big 12. There are formalities that still have to happen. I guess there's a very slim chance that some hiccup could derail this, but it, it really appears and feels like this is going on. The Pac-12 is already um, meeting today. Apparently their presidents are meeting today to discuss expansion, and it seems like this is moving forward. So Colorado had a uh, board meeting last night where they talked about this possibility. The Big 12 has reportedly unanimously approved Colorado as a member. And then tonight, Colorado will have a public board meeting basically stating their intention to make the move. They'll have to formally announce that it's Pac-12. I'm sure there's a lot of legalities that have to get worked out. But the bottom line is Colorado and Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, they are on the way to uh, Big 12 country to join this conference, which would put the Big 12, after Texas and OU leave, with the addition of the other four teams, at 13 teams which is a weird number. So I imagine they're not done. They're going to continue to try to add uh, schools in all sports. We'll talk about that in segment two. But first, I want to discuss Colorado, how this came about, and then what it could mean or the dominoes that could fall here with TCU. Uh, first of all, this has been an incredible journey. This, you know, This specific move has been rumored for months. Um, the Big 12 has kind of been circling the Pac-12 really for this entire, you know, past year, once USC and UCLA left and the Big 12 got that TV deal done, which uh, is rumored to give each school in the conference $31 million. Once all that dust settled, the Pac-12 was the new target. And uh, Brett Yormark, he has made it clear since he's been here, he is aggressive. He's talked about being a disruptor, being, you know, disrupting things positively, um, I think he's been a huge change of pace and a huge energy jolt for this conference. I feel like once the, I mean, there was a time when it the it looked pretty dire for the Big Twelve when UT and and uh, OU were leaving, and the few weeks after that, um, honestly, like teams were looking out for themselves. They were meeting with conferences. 
There were discussions with the pack. I don't really know how far discussions got with the Big Ten or SEC because it seems like they might be done. But it looked bleak for the Big 12. But once they expanded and sort of got things solidified, I feel like the conference has honestly never been more unified. And once Texas and OU leave, I think that's going to continue. And so that's been a big part of this. There's been conference unity. The media rights deal has given the league stability, and it's given them a clear direction and a path forward. Um, And on the opposite end of that, the Pac-12 doesn't seem to have a lot of direction. There doesn't seem to be a lot of unity there because they don't have really a path forward without a media deal. And so this has been dragging on for a long time. Um, And it seems like, you know, for a while now, this was the play for Colorado to make the jump to the Big 12. But if you go back two years, a little over two years, things looked pretty bad for the Big 12, and there were questions about its very existence. And so to come from that point to now where they are the aggressors, they are the people that are chasing after teams and trying to expand the West, um, that's pretty amazing. You know, as far as adding Colorado – Again, as I said, it makes sense. Colorado was an original member of the Big 8 Conference. They were part of the Big 12 for a long time. And kind of the first – I mean, I guess I can't say it's the first because historically teams have changed conferences forever. I guess with, you know, the 24-hour news cycle, coverage of this has changed. But back in 2010, when we sort of saw the first seismic shift, A&M and Mizzou go to the SEC, um, TCU and West Virginia come into the Big 12 – while that's going on, Colorado and Nebraska leave. Colorado goes to the Pac-12. Nebraska goes to the Big Ten. And when all that was happening, there were rumors that Texas might go to the Pac-12. Uh, it was reported. It was like almost a done deal. And then that didn't happen. Texas stayed with the Big 12. We saw this iteration of the Big 12 for a little over a decade. And now we're getting an entirely new version. But Colorado's an interesting case. I mean, I on their own, I don't think they move the needle a lot. The football program's been bad for a long time. Basketball's been pretty mediocre. They don't play baseball. Um, but at the same time, there's some history there. I mean, they had some really good teams in the 90s, won a national title, um, had some good teams in the early and kind of mid-2000s. Lately, it's been, been pretty rough. But there's never, arguably, never been a better time to add the Buffaloes because of Coach Prime and Deion Sanders. And, I mean, you're talking about a guy that – I talked about Brett Yormark being a disruptor. Like, Deion Sanders is also the definition of a disruptor. He does things his own way. He's unapologetic about it. He's entertaining. He understands the importance of brand name. He understands the importance of excitement. There are people that are going to root for Colorado this year. There's already a, a good, sizable Colorado fan base, and there are people that are going to root for Colorado this year simply because Deion Sanders is the head coach there. And as long as he's the head coach there, they'll have some loyalty uh, to that Buffalo program. Now, I don't know how long Deion's going to be there, but one the, the first thing that – really hit my mind when I thought about them joining, other than it being good for the Big 12, good for the future of the conference. Deion Sanders has roots in Texas. Played for the Cowboys, uh, settled in DFW, coached at the TAPS level, private school level in Texas for a few years, won a few state championships. And, you know, his sons, Jador, Shiloh, they played in the state. I think Deion wants to recruit the state of Texas. He's a good recruiter. He has done really good things in the transfer portal this offseason. Um, he did incredible things at Jackson State. Has done things well at the high school level at Colorado, too. 
you know, went and got Kermani McLean, who's one of the top corners in the nation for this um, upcoming class, pulled him from Miami, uh, went and got um, a bunch of great players to come play at Jackson State that typically wouldn't have given them necessarily the time of day. Went and snagged uh, Travis Hunter, who at the time was committed to Florida State and on signing day flipped him to play at Jackson State. He was a defensive back but also played wide receiver at Jackson State and tends to play both ways at Colorado. Um, that was a huge, a huge pull. I think Travis was the number one player in the country when he signed, or at least the number one defensive back in the country in that cycle. Uh, so Dion can recruit, and this is now a another big-time player. You know, I think TCU is definitely the school, um, along with maybe Texas Tech, because they seem to have some NIL backing that some of the other new Big 12 schools don't or at least aren't being public about that could fill up the power vacuum left by Texas and Oklahoma when it comes from a recruiting standpoint to be a destination type of place. And now you potentially have another one of those in Colorado, because I will tell you, I think Dion's going to get after it in the Metroplex. I just get that sense. Um, he's that type of coach. He's that kind of magnetic personality. And so that's one thing that TCU's going to have to watch here. They get to play them in the season opener. You know, the other thing about this is uh, Colorado is a good ad on its own. The Dion factor is a, is a big deal, though. And I don't know how long Dion's going to be there. I'm not sure how long Coach Prime is set on being at Colorado. Um, I don't have any insight to that, but it just seems like a place where, okay, I was able to get in the Power Five. I have resources now. I have an ability to sort of, you know, set my course and what I want to do in the coaching world. And if he does well there, if he gets that program turned around, which, I mean, turned around at Colorado doesn't mean you have to win 10 games. They won one game last year. Um, and so turned around could mean like seven and five, right? Like that could be a huge step up for Colorado. I'm not saying that happens this season, but just in the next couple of years. And so if he does a good job there, does he immediately sort of look around and say, okay, well, can I get to the SEC? Can I get to the ACC, et cetera? Uh, those are things to watch. But it's a it's a great pickup for the Big 12. And the reason why, more than anything, is because it just puts more pressure on the Pac-12 conference. Um, and it opens the door for more players. Because I said it here, you know, kind of at the start, 13 teams doesn't make any sense. They're adding somebody. And I know Brett Yormark has talked about adding like UConn and St. John's, some of those basketball schools. I think that's a basketball-only situation, though. Who are they going to add next? What's the next move? We'll talk about that next. I don't think the Big 12 and Brett Yormark are done trying to make things happen, and we'll discuss that in a minute. Before we do that, though, I do want to talk about one of our great sponsors. LinkedIn Jobs, linkedin.com slash college is the website. Um, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and, most importantly, for free. You can add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile if you go to linkedin.com slash college. Um, they have simple tools like screening questions to make it easy for you to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's important. I know as a small business owner or someone who is hiring folks, who is managing things, you're a busy person. You want to save time, do that with LinkedIn and their simple tools that allow you to uh, get to a good pool of people quickly. That's why small business ranked LinkedIn jobs number one 
and delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want uh, faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions do, as always, apply. So Colorado's in the fold. What is next for the Big 12? Um, there was a lot of reporting yesterday, obviously a ton of information out there. One thing that caught my eye, so Jason Shear, who uh, has done a really good job following the story, he covers Arizona for um, the 247 network. And uh, Wildcat Authority, I believe, is the website. <clears throat> but he's been following this for a long time. On their uh, page, they have like, a, I think it's like a 900-page thread of just this realignment saga. Basically, from the moment that USC and UCLA left, he has had his ear to the ground kind of following the story. And he went on 365 Sports uh, on Wednesday and talked to those guys. And that was Paul Catalina and Craig Smoke. David Smoke typically there. Uh, he wasn't there at the time. But uh, he was talking to the 365 Sports team, and he was basically explaining that his his uh, what he had heard on the situation with Colorado was that this has been building for a while. You know, Rick George, the athletic director, he didn't speak with the media at Pac-12 Media Days. He got out of there pretty quickly didn't want to have a conversation with anybody. Um, there were a lot of signs, right? But they had a meeting, George Glykoff and, and the Pac-12 movers and shakers had a meeting recently where Colorado expected to get some numbers. Maybe not, you know, here's the deal, uh, sign it, or just a concrete direction, but at least a general idea, a ballpark figure of, hey, here's what we're looking at from a monetary perspective, um, these are the potential players that are out there. And if you remember at Pac-12 Media Days, um, of course, like George Blackoff is a punching bag right now because of everything that's happened. He famously said last year that, you know, after Brett Yormark said the Big 12 is open for business, he was like, oh, that's great. We're not adding any Big 12 teams right now, but good to know. Um, and publicly, he's tried to be very confident, even though it's been a situation where the conference has just basically been flapping in the wind for a long time. But he said there was no deal. They didn't have a deal to present because they were focusing on football. But he also mentioned that the longer they have waited, the more options that have arrived, right? And so at least publicly, you know, his line has been, hey, we're being patient here. We're trying to find the right deal. And we've actually discovered that the longer we've kind of sat here and, and mold our options and, you know, st stayed firm and, and the fact that we weren't going to sign anywhere – uh, we've we've seen better options come up. But whatever the case is, reportedly, they had a meeting recently. Colorado was expecting numbers. They did not get those numbers. And now they are moving. They're saying, all right, we're done. We're done waiting. We wanted to see, you know, it makes sense. A lot of these schools, they, they said, we want to see the deal before we make a decision, right? Like we want to see what it is that we could be missing out on before we make the final say. But Colorado had finally lost patience and got restless and is now jumping to the Big 12. And Arizona has been another school that for a long time has been rumored uh, to be one of the schools that has had a lot of contact with the Big 12. It would be a pretty you know, easy move, a pretty lateral, linear thing for them to happen, to move over. Um, one thing about this Big 12 deal, too, this media rights deal, is there's a pro rata clause within the media rights deal that allows any Power 5 program to immediately get an equal revenue share. So it's not like Colorado's coming in and they're going to say, okay, everybody's getting $31 million. You get 25 for the first three or four years, and then we'll give you um, the full payment. No, they've been, I mean, they're coming in right away 
as a, a team that's getting the the full deal. And so that's really attractive, you know, to these Pac-12 schools. But Arizona seems like the most logical domino to fall. And I think Arizona and Colorado would be a good, you know, a good one-two punch. It would be good additions. You're in the West Coast time zone suddenly, at least the mountain time zone. You would have some games in the later windows. Um, Arizona has a really good basketball program. Football is eh, pretty pretty mediocre for the most part. But, again, you're putting more pressure on the Pac-12. So that's one situation to watch. Arizona makes sense. You compare them with Colorado. Then you're at 14 teams, um, which is really significant. And then you can kind of, you know, reshuffle the drawing board and see where you go next. But the big fish or fishes, I guess, that are out there, that are still out there, are Oregon and Washington. Oregon and Washington now with USC and UCLA out of the fold are the they are the flagship programs of the Pac-12. They are the teams, they are the universities that have the biggest brand name. Oregon has the great relationship with their alum Phil Knight and has that Nike um, relationship and has churned out really great football teams in the past two decades. Um, Washington you know, not necessarily the best football in the world all the time, but have had some teams that have won Pac-12 titles, went to the college football playoff not that long ago. Chris Peterson did a nice job there before he eventually retired. Um, and have a good quarterback right now, Michael Penix Jr., and had a really exciting season last year throwing the ball around. So those are the two kind of big brand names and obviously have a very, you know, distinct – geographical placement there in the Pacific Northwest, which would be a whole nother footprint that the Big 12 could um, step into, and along with Arizona and Colorado. For a long time, it has seemed like that was just a pipe dream. And maybe it still is. But I'll say this. If there is a time for Brett Yormark to get on the phone and start, you know, giving his best pitch to those two schools, it is now. Because, as I said in segment one, there's stability in the Big 12 – um, there's the idea that, hey, we know what we're getting in the future. We know we know what the monetary situation is here. We have concrete numbers. We know what schools are going to make, um, and you can come over and make a seamless transition. If you, if you end up with 16 teams and, you know, Oregon, Oregon or Washington is part of that folder, both of them potentially, then that is a huge deal. Now, there there have been some murmurs – about Washington. Not much that I can say publicly because the kind of people are just talking around it. But there have been, you know, some some breadcrumbs laid that make it seem like Washington might be a school of interest. Jason Shear, who I who I mentioned earlier, he was talking about it and he said, you know, Arizona is, is talking about the Big 12 and there's another school that hasn't really been talked about that is also having some discussions. And the only, you know, the other the only other two schools I could think of that haven't really been thrown around because Utah and um, Arizona State, they've been named, not really like it would just make sense because they're part of those four corner schools. Um, but those names have come up. Oregon and Washington really haven't come up other than kind of a throwaway, like, man, that would be amazing if, if the Big 12 could land on those two schools. Um, if there's a time to put pressure on them or not really put pressure on them, make your pitch and make your sell, though, it's now because it, it seems like the Big Ten and the SEC might be staying put for now. Now, these things always happen right under our nose, and there's not always a lot of smoke before it goes down. So there's a possibility that maybe the Big Ten is, is looking at it and saying, hey, we can move out west. But it feels like those two conferences, <clears throat> they're really happy with the amount of money they have, obviously. They're really happy with the schools they have. 
and they're kind of ready to let this settle down. Um, and so if, if you're looking at this and you're Oregon and Washington, if it ends up being just Colorado, I guess the Pac-12 could say, all right, let's band together. Let's add San Diego State. Let's add UNLV. Let's add Colorado State. And we'll get the best deal we can, and we'll just press forward and see what happens. But if you're one of those schools and you have leverage and there don't appear to be doors open in the Big Ten or the SEC, it would make a lot of sense to go to a place where there is stability and a place where you at least know what's happening and what's going on over the next few seasons. But really crazy situation. I mean, it appears like, and we've been talking about this for last year, the Big 12 appears to be in a place where they are the aggressors. And really, I mean, as long as I've been following the Big 12, when it comes to this stuff, they always seem like the conference that's reacting instead of being proactive. And so it's it's interesting and nice to see that they're on the other side of that. But we'll see how that plays out um, and who the Big 12 might add next as we continue this realignment journey. When we come back, we'll talk some more specific TCU football and some fall camp questions. We'll get into that next in Locked on Horn Frogs. Last thing for you, and then uh, we'll be back on Monday, and we'll be going full throttle. We'll plan on doing, you know, our normal Monday through Friday schedule as we ramp up into August, and fall camp gets kicked off next week. And so one thing I was wondering about, I I personally, and, you know, I know some of you guys that listen and watch the show have this opinion because you told me about it, which is fine, um, because I could always be wrong, and and we'll see what happens when practices start. I personally think Chandler Morris is going to be the starter. I mean – they, they haven't really publicly named him as the guy, but I just feel like he's going to be your starter when they take the field against Colorado um, here in a few weeks in September. But I am interested to see what these backup QBs do in camp. And specifically, like, Chance Nolan, who you brought in from Oregon State, a lot of experience coming off the neck injury, uh, had a really productive year in uh, 2021 and then was injured last season, you know, has some mobility, can throw the ball. I want to see what he does, you know, what, what how many snaps he's getting, who he's working with, um, how prolific he is as a passer. And then the other name to know, because he had a good spring, is Josh Hoover. And Josh Hoover um, was kind of an under-the-radar, you know, pickup uh, from Rockwell Heath High School, three-star quarterback. I think he was originally committed to Indiana, or that seemed to be where he was going to go for Sonny Dykes and the coaching staff swooped in the last minute and we're like, hey, you can come to TCU. Um, and I don't think he's a guy that a lot of people thought about because, honestly, like the narrative around him for such a big part of the offseason was like, well, you can't only have two two scholarship QBs on the roster. You need somebody with him and with uh, Chandler Morris to balance this thing out and to make sure you're covered if there is any sort of injury. Um, and so he kind of got cast off the side, but he had a really good spring camp. Thought he played well in the spring game. And so I'm interested, I'm interested to see. I don't think he'll be your number two QB. I think it'll ultimately be Chance Nolan. But how close is that battle? What do they like about him? Does he carry that momentum with him from spring ball to fall camp? Is he still making plays? Is he still connecting with his wide receivers? Is he still growing as a player? Um, and then what does Chance Nolan bring to the table other than experience? Is he fully healthy? Is he a guy they feel like they can win a game with if Chandler Morris goes down? Because – you know, you're not in the same situation you were last year. That was such a weird deal last season. I remember when Chandler got injured, and your first thought is, okay, well, you know, Max is, is a guy. He can do it. 
And initially it was like, well, he'll Chandler will only be out for a few weeks. And so, all right, you go beat, um, man, who was their FCS opponent? Oh, Tarleton. They played Tarleton last year. You go beat Tarleton, uh, beat SMU with Max. That's not, that's not surprising. And then, of course, they sort of catch fire as Big 12 play starts. They just roll over Oklahoma, and the rest is history. But um, there, I guess there wasn't really time to ever have a discussion about, like, when Chandler was going to be back and what that was going to look like because Max just really took the job and ran with it from the beginning. But Chance Nolan, is he a guy that, you know, can give you a spot start if you have to have it, can come in in a situation if somebody goes down in the first half and, and lead your team to victory? Or is he more than that? And we'll see once practice starts. Um, I mean, obviously they're going to give him a chance to compete and get it done. But, yeah, I'm curious to see what happens with that number two QB spot because I think that's a place where, uh, you know, moving forward for the future of football, you have uh, Chance for however long he's there. You have um, Josh Hoover. And then you start getting into the future of the program. Guys that Kendall Bryles recruited, Haas Haney, Ty Hawkins, and what what kind of goes from there as you as you see where these teams go in the twenty four season twenty five season, and so that'll be um, just an intriguing storyline for me is what those quarterbacks do in fall camp as they get ready for the upcoming season. We'll be back Monday, and we'll have plenty of coverage for you here on Lockdown Horn Frogs. Thanks for tuning in today. It's your team every day.